Win that trophy. I'm counting on you to go balls out for it. I only have one speed. Balls out, out. episode of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. And this week, we're going to bring you our first ever bonus episode, mm. or at least our first one that was recorded. I don't know if we released another one before now. <laughs> uh, but our first ever bonus episode, The Kumite. And of course, The Kumite is from uh, the movie Bloodsport, right? Uh, I think it's originally just from uh, Shotokan Karate. If oh, I... it was just a legend? Uh, n- well, Kumite, if I remember right, in Karate, is where if you're a black belt, you fight 100 other black belts. And oh. if you can survive, then you've won the Kumite. Uh, <laughs> but... The Kumite that we're doing is uh, a tournament between all 16 of our supernatural phenomenon from season one, uh, single elation, single elimination uh, bracket tournament. I like They're, calling it singulation. Yeah, it's a singulation. Single and, elimination. There you go. Yeah, it's it's faster that way. This is the new millennium. Singulation. Are you going to introduce yourself at some point? Or no. They know who we are. If you're listening to a bonus episode, That's you know. Right. Oh, you're right. You're right. This bonus episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone who's not heard at least one previous episode of Uncle Monster Spooky Time Fright Hour wanting to listen to this. But who knows? Uh, so, for the record, my name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibby. And I'm Ethan Sereski. And nothing ever happens on Mars. So, uh... We've got four divisions for the Kumite. What are Uh, the divisions? Okay. We've got, uh, first up, uh, shapeshifters and witches. (laughs) Uh, We've got uh, children and beasts. Uh, Men and things that hate that man. And... uh, Inanimate objects, locations, and weaklings. <laughs> Those are great divisions. I really like them. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really think the inanimate objects and weaklings is going to be sort of the dark horse division. But, you know, life can be surprising. Anything can happen in the Kumite. Which division do you want to start with? Boy, let's start off with... uh, Let's go with men and the men who hate them. So in Division 1, we've got Slenderman, Mothman, Goatman, and the Chupacabra. (laughs) So I want to start with our number one seed, Slenderman, taking on the Mothman. I didn't know we had seeding. Uh, well, I'm just calling it that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm taking it seriously. I thought okay. I thought you had a seeded copy of the of the breakdown. No, no. I've got I've got a bracket. I've got the. I was gonna do it initially, just sort of. They were all one division, and it was just gonna be seeds based on how many shacks they took them. <laughs> uh, but. I decided I'd rather break them down sort of thematically. I like that better. Yeah. So, uh, so starting off, we got Slenderman versus Mothman. In the what's the division called? I like it. Uh, this is uh, Man and the Things That Hate Them. Okay. So I took a look at this matchup, Slenderman versus Mothman, and I looked at it like Slenderman relies on psychological torture and wiles and trickery. Mm-hmm. But the Mothman is like a physical powerhouse. He's eight feet tall. He hurls yep. tires. He flies at, what, like 100 miles per hour? I think it was the Goatman that hurled the tires, if I remember Oh, okay. So, oh, he's only eight feet tall and flies at 100 miles per hour. He's, he is I, a 100-mile-an-hour uh, flying shack, as we recall. Uh, but I don't think Mothman is intelligent or aware enough to even mm-hmm. like understand the Slenderman's tricks, you know, like if he uses a different voice, the Mothman's not going to, he's a moth, you know, I think he thinks moth thoughts, and I think That's he'll fair. dive bomb the Slenderman, and uh, Slenderman just doesn't have the physical strength. So you're going to say that because of Slenderman's, uh, uh, or because of the Mothman's low intelligence, it might be immune to the madness-inducing slender sickness. Yes, I, I think so. I think you have to have a brain that functions at a certain level for that to even take effect. And I think the Mothman thinks moth thoughts. Okay. And so, and you're not worried about the, the many tentacles? It, it, those are physical tentacles. So imagine him coming in dive-bombing at 100 miles an hour. Which tentacle is going to get in the way? None of them. Fair enough. All right. And also, I thought about what they talk like. What the Mothman didn't have an accent, did he? Uh, well, he was he was from what West Virginia? Oh yeah, West Virginia. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's like, I'm, I'm coming for you, Slenderman, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna settle this one inside the octagon. But trick, I'm not in the octagon. I am flying down at a hundred miles an hour from above the octagon. And, and Slenderman had a wistful German accent, yeah. if I remember. Yeah, so his response would be, Oh, the Mossman is rapidly approaching me. <laughs> I would say that that's, he's probably moving at roughly 150 kilometers per hour. <laughs> Why does he sound like he questioned Jews in the 40s? You, that's, let's face it. Germany, you've got a problematic history. It's just because he's German. Oh, okay. I thought it was something else. I thought it was just the, the inflection. No. Well, no, no, no. His inflection sounded very kindly. So okay. who do you who do you take? I mean, I think you make a compelling argument for Mothman. I think Slenderman's uh, uh, slender sickness would not prove particularly effective. And a lot of the uh, sort of thoughts that we have about uh, Slenderman killing people, you know, are big assumptions. 
Because as we recall, Slenderman, no one's really sure what he did to the people that he took. He just sort of led them to his uh, Art Deco mansion in the middle of the woods. Uh, more possibly. more dangerous was the the ins- inspiring others to commit murders. I think that's but Mothman wouldn't be worried about that and it would take too long. Yeah, yeah, and I and you know, I think if anybody was coming after Mothman, he could fly away. He could curse them with his Mothman curse that foretells their doom. So, so Slenderman sending 3 12-year-old girls after him would not have an effect. No, I'm pretty sure that he would just curse them to accidentally uh, stab each other or purposely stab each other in a game of stabby, stab, stab. But Voldemort said we'd be fine. Not correct. (laughs) Okay, so so we have uh, Mothman beating Slenderman. All right, let's move on to another uh, division. Let's mix her up. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's let's hop around here. So, down in the Children and Beasts, (laughs) uh, we've got uh, Melonheads, Black-Eyed Kids, Albino Alligator, and the Shug Monkey. Wow. What a group. Yeah. Uh, Let's start off with... It's like uh, a best in show. Yeah. Which... Who's got the best uh, gait? Uh, (laughs) Who's uh, got the most luxurious coat? Probably the Shug Monkey, if we're being honest. Yeah. And his testicles Uh, are probably the best placed out of all of those. Yeah. Very even. Very solid. Is that what they're looking for in testicles? Do you know? I mean, I I imagine evenness would have to be. You always want symmetry. I That's wonder what the they're looking for, for, like a little dangle. I mean, probably you you want to you want to notice them. You want them to be there. Okay. But you don't want it to be like someone should get that dogs and boxer shorts. You know. Is that how women think of balls too, or no? I'm gonna be honest. I mean. I think pretty much everyone hates balls. I think they're probably the grossest body part. <laughs> I think we think about them more than women do. I think we think that they are interested in them, like they're part of sex. But for them, I think they're just attached. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I was trying to talk to describe it to someone. And it was sort of like the dong is the hired muscle. And the balls <laughs> are the brains of the operation. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like little henchmen. So, uh, albino alligator versus shug monkey. All right. So What are you thinking? I feel, and I have felt this since the beginning, I feel bad for the albo gators, I call them, because they're sad pets who are flushed away into the sewers. Mm-hmm. Now their sadness is anger, so they're going to be tough opponents. However, yeah. the shug monkey is very big and strong and simian, so if it's one-on-one... I'm taking the Shug Monkey, but any more than two, and I take the Gators. But they could be fighting in the dark sewer, then the Gator has the dark sight or heightened sentence, uh, senses, so it's a tougher mm-hmm. fight. But unless it's taking place in the sewer with two or more, I go with Shug Monkey, because it's got gorilla strength. Well, I think that's a fair argument, but let's not forget that albino alligators also have... Crack-induced psychic powers. Oh, the the psychic power. What will they do with those? I with mean, the Shug Monkey. Maybe. Uh, I mean, there's so many things that you can do depending on the nature of their psychic powers. I bet. Uh, I mean, if we're gonna go based on the story that I wrote for albino alligators, which is of course canon. So yeah, which is as good a. <laughs> source for your thoughts on albino alligators as anybody else. 
uh, I'm going to say that their psychic powers will allow them to, at the very least, befuddle the Shug Monkey. And you're saying them, so there's more than one? Uh, well, since this is in the sort of children and beasts division, I was imagining them as sort of swarms. Okay. Like, I'm going to put fair. them in groups of five, and I'll put the Shug Monkey with, five, with four black Shugs. Because I feel like that's his sort of rolling crew. All right, so four monkeys and five alligators? Uh, five alligators versus one monkey, oh. one shug monkey, and four uh, uh, black shugs, which were uh, the, the just evil dogs, demon dogs. Oh, that's right, black shugs. Okay, I thought you were saying more shug monkeys. Okay, well, that does... It, the, the whole thing hinges on the psychic thing, because if, if he can... If they can make the monkeys kill themselves, you know, and monkeys are bright, you know, yeah. they do have the power to understand and comprehend, you know, things that we wouldn't even imagine them doing. So I, I think they might be able to get in their minds. Okay. Uh, so it sounds like this one's coming down to pretty much a coin toss. And also I want to say for the sake of environment and, uh, you know, surprise, we're going to knock all that down. They're all sort of in a, a relatively neutral arena, and no one's got the drop on anybody else. I got it. You know what? I'm going to be controversial. You may overrule me, but I say Shug Monkey because I think things that are simian like that have such great strength, and it's mm -hmm. long, and it, it moves like a dog, but I, I think it can really do some damage. It's true. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'll go with Shug Monkey. Yeah, I'll you think so? Shug on that. Yeah. Okay. I mean... I've always had a soft spot for albino alligators. Me too. I'm not quite sure why. Because they they're seemed... sad. They were pets. They were, and there's, I don't know. It seemed like we both grew up, you know, relatively close to New York, and yeah. it it seemed like, oh, here's, you know, this is our Bigfoot. This is our cryptid. This is that's you true. Know, you know, it was like it was the hometown boy, but I gotta say, a ten foot tall dog with the head of a gorilla. Sounds like it could really fuck up a couple alligators. So, uh, yeah, Shug Monkey is a good bet. Shug Monkey wins. Oh, can I do uh, a Mortal Kombat voice or no? Would that be inappropriate? No, I think that's perfectly appropriate. Oh, uh, what was the yeah. first matchup? Uh, that was uh, Slenderman versus Mothman. Slenderman versus Mothman. Fight! Flores victory. I gotta say, I feel, and this is saying something, I feel like Mortal Kombat was less of a racist caricature than what you're doing right now. Are you serious? I think it was much, I think his accent was much less pronounced. I, I don't think you played the arcade version with the extra blood. No, no, it's true. I was a Super Nintendo guy. Oh, well, of course they're not going to give you the real accent. Come on. And by the way, Yakuza guys talk like that. I bet Yakuza video game guys talk like that. No, watch Kill Bill. You know when she cuts one of their heads off for disrespecting her as half white? They all say, talk like that. I'm going to say Kill Bill, possibly not the most authentic depiction of Japanese people you're going to find in cinema. It's not? I know. Maybe go for some, like, uh, uh, Ozu. Yeah. <laughs> Go okay. for some Ozu films. <laughs> All right. What's that, uh, what's that movie about the guy who turns into metal? Tetsuo oh, uh, Bullet Tetsuo, Man? Yeah. Tetsuo the Iron Man. 
The Iron Man. That's a that's a freaky movie. I, I we don't need to talk about it, but I'm glad I said it. Yeah. All right. Next division, we've got witches and shapeshifters. Witches and the shapeshifters. Okay. Okay. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> we won't. We won't keep doing it. We've got skinwalkers, spring-heeled Jack, the pen and gallon, and the boo hag. That was, I think these were great matchups. Uh, by I think you. so too. Like they were very interesting. Um, you want to start with Skinwalkers versus uh, Springheel? Yeah, yeah. Let's see. So the Skinwalker is a, a Native American witch that can take on the form of animals, if I'm recalling correctly. Well, it has it has gone from a witch to uh, something else to a ye now douchey mm-hmm. um, by sacrificing like its own family it is okay. so evil whereas spring jack was either <laughs> a demon that could become a old uh, gentleman a demon wearing a helmet or a bear or it was three aristocrats but let's let's say it's not three aristocrats yeah stick with the helmet yeah let's say that it's uh, uh, a gentleman dressed in white a demon in a helmet, or a bear with metal claws. So it can di- rotate Dibby. between those three forms. I think the Skinwalkers take this one handily. Because listen listen to this. Springheel is either the demon, ghost, or the bear, right? Yep. The Skinwalker can be a demon, a ghost, or a bear. And it can also be anything else. But can it be... What? I thought... So the Skinwalker can change into any form? I thought it changed into animals. No, it could... Uh, living things. Okay. Well, not not okay. trees. I think people are animals. I think you forgot about one very important factor. What? What's that? Leaping. Oh, the leaping. He can leap. They and can't that... match his leaps. <laughs> and if this were a leaping contest, he would surely win. I'm just saying. You think? Oh, oh! I've got Spring Heel Jack cornered. Uh, he's turned into a bear, and I've become anti-bear. I've become whatever monster yeah. would defeat a bear. An eagle. And then, oh, oh, an eagle? You're going to fly? Guess what? He's going to leap. Um, he's got you. That's a good point. I think I think the leap, because I think just like you did, I think the skinwalker is going to forget about that leap. I think the leap gives it that X factor that lets it slide by. Dibs, we're talking about witches who sacrificed their own babies for evil power. Do you think they'll be denied? Uh, I'm talking about a bear with metal claws that can leap 30 feet straight up into the air. But that's a good point. 30 feet. I think I didn't hear that the first time. Um, I he think can that's basically jump though. to the moon. That's interesting, though, because... I didn't think of him jumping in the bear form, but he still has the leaping ability. You're right. So I guess physically they come head to head. Are they aware of each other? Like the skinwalker's not hunting him and stalking him, right? Are we just going head to head? We're just going head to head. They've been thrown in an arena. They both signed up for a tournament, a kumite, to see who's the toughest dude. And so they both walk in. This is the first round, so I'm going to say they have no information on each other. Well, I think they'll counter each other. One's a bear, one will be the anti-bear, and the only difference is what you said, the leaping ability. So I I can't find a way for the skinwalker to win. All right. All right. I'm glad, finally. (laughs) 
We're I came around. A hundred percent. Yeah, I got you. Spring Hill Jack advances to the semifinals. Flawless Victor. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm going to stop. You can just do flawless victory. That's what I'm saying. No, you're doing it. You're doing flawless, and it's that's the problem. No, no. Listen closely. It's a flawless victory. Yeah. No. Okay. We're moving on. Okay. Uh, on to inanimate objects, and uh, definitely going to lose in this division. <laughs> Wait, that's got... the name? Inanimate objects, and definitely going to lose. Uh. Yeah, I mean, that's what the fans call this division. Okay. Uh, we've got Stull Cemetery, the Cecil Hotel, the Hope Diamond, and North Pennsylvania's own, the Squonk. Squonky. All right. Who do you want to take first? Oh, let's, let's, let's go for Hope Diamond versus Squonk. I have an interesting take on this. You okay. think the Squonk is helpless. Uh, yes, in that uh, just looking at it causes it to instantly commit suicide. Okay, but <laughs> in a way. But the diamond's not going to look at it, okay? And we also established that okay. if you're pure of heart, like Shaq, the diamond's curse would not affect you. So I think the diamond realizes the squonk is pure of heart, and thus he's the only cryptid invincible against the curse. So the squonk approaches to take the diamond... The diamond's going, oh my god, my run of terror is over. Then, at the last second, as he's about to win, the squonk sees its reflection in the diamond and cries itself to death. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that the squonk was going to see uh, the pure beauty of a diamond that is a one inch by one inch by one half inch <laughs> and s- compare itself to that and just oh. instantly weep weep itself into destruction what a sad comparison and that's what you think it would think is look at that thing of beauty i am not so everything it thinks is is egocentric in a way yeah and i think that's its real downfall is that it can't look outside itself well if it could maybe it could find the beauty uh in in itself on a deeper layer yeah then it would be able to see that the good that it could do in the world was the true beauty Instead of the fact that it's a uh, hideous, malformed uh, possum with leprosy, <laughs> and 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 baggy skin, like way yeah. too much skin, like it had like it had bariatric surgery and not the skin surgery with it. Yeah, or if it had uh, uh, been like uh, left in the tub for too long. <laughs> <laughs> what tub? Just a bathtub. It was taking a bath and it fell asleep because it was drinking wine. And its skin became distended? Yeah, and its skin got all wrinkled. and uh, But it also it didn't do anything to help all the warts. <laughs> Poor son of a bitch. So we agree. The Hope Diamond curse destroys the Squonk. Yep. Sorry, Although it, had a, it put up a good fight in my mind. No, no. I think the Squonk, you know, it's got a lot of heart. It, but ultimately, it's its own undoing. All right, so back to men and the things that hate them. We've got uh, Goatman versus the Goat Sucker, the Chupacabra. Okay. This is a 16 seed versus a 1 seed, in my opinion. Okay. The Chupacabra are like most likely mangy dogs, but let's look past that and say there's you know cryptids. 
they're like scavengers who prey on goats and at the, at worst like babies because they can't take down anything bigger and they, I'm guessing its strength is less considerable than the goat man because he's an axe wielding maniac satyr he's a yeah. murderous rapist and he's going to pound that South African oh South American creature I said South African yeah I wish you could edit that out but it's right in the middle of the sentence wow it's all right you can take that sentence from the top if you want. Because the goat man is an axe-wielding maniac satyr. I didn't write it. I, I was talking and... It was, is an axe-wielding maniac satyr and will murder and rape the poor South American creatures. Just get I rid mean, of all of it. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, so... I mean, that's fair. I'm trying to imagine if it's anything about its previous experience fighting goats would help it against a goat man. I think the goat man's mannerisms are more man than goat. It's true. He walks now, upright, he carries an axe. Like, goats don't do that stuff. No, that's very true. It Most goats. It does not goats. use a lot of goat fighting techniques. <laughs> also, uh, so the chupacabra was at best as strong as a kangaroo. Yes. Which which are considerably strong. No, no. I certainly wouldn't want to fight one. Oh, but my God. We it determined that the goat man with its ability to throw a car tire yeah is probably got gorilla style strength uh so yeah i'm on board with Goatman taking down the chupacabra on this one I, I think it takes it down like it's a pest in its house though i don't even think i think that was the easiest matchup we i've seen yeah i, I think you're right i think that's a very uh fair uh assessment of that situation thank you sir. that brings us uh back down to children and beasts for the battle of the kids, Melonheads versus the black-eyed kids. Right, the Melonheads, so as you ahead. might recall, yeah, are uh, uh, mutated dwarves that live in uh, the woods of Connecticut and are cannibals. And have and hydrocephalus, probably. Probably. And, and uh, they're inbred, and uh, they uh, talk like Nell. Now, <laughs> the black-eyed kids... Lived in Abilene, Texas. Was I don't Abilene? remember that episode. It's been a oh, while. Okay. Yeah, it has been a minute. I was hoping you'd remember more about <coughs> it because you were the researcher. That it was in Texas. It was in Texas. I think. Abilene. And they uh, were just spooky kids that like showed up at your house. And did they do anything? Can we see or your stamp collection? Oh yeah, and they would ask you questions. What's your they, What's your crown molding like? And they wanted to come in. They wanted. They had to be invited inside. So we're going to assume that they've been invited inside the Kumite. And did they? Did they have like demon fathers that would show? It up? was did all they... implied. I think that. I think that yes. I think that we can go with their demonic in nature, but need that allowance. You know, kind of. They need that invitation. Mm -hmm. to work their evil magic in my, in my opinion well then I'm gonna have to go with melon heads on this one I agree with you I think yeah the black eyed kids have they don't seem violent or they don't seem directly violent Do oh they seem I mean? scary to me that's not I, I think I think they could tear you apart I just think that it, it, the situation needs to be right and if you do things wrong I think you get punished yeah and I think uh also, you know, the melon heads are traditionally armed with, with spears. Uh, yeah, pointed sticks and yeah. hubcaps for shields. 
So, and what do they wear for clothes? Uh, Bart uh, Simpson. It's not Bart Simpson, but it's almost Bart Simpson shirts. Yeah, yeah, bootleg Bart Simpson shirts that they found at a dump. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Melonheads advance to the next round. Well, I mean, the Black Eyed Kids can't even. You said they gained entry to the Kumite, but really, what are they gaining entry? In? The Melonheads live in the woods. Can I, can I come in your tree? You know, it it doesn't work. They don't have bathrooms or phones. Mm-hmm. They're all armed. I think they have an instinct to protect their territory, and they'd be instantly aware that yeah, these the, are invaders. Yeah, I think the Melonheads would. Uh, they just they're more direct. Do you know what I mean? That like they play by their own rules. Right. Black eyed kids have their a bunch of rules. Melonheads they threw out the rule book, baby. Yeah, they're, they're all out there. Yeah, and they're they're probably like fighting other competitors backstage behind the kumite and like everyone's trying to complain to the officials being like get the those wildcat melon heads i came here for a martial arts tournament <laughs> not for a street fight with a gang of evil charlie browns <laughs> evil so that charlie moves Brown. us back that's how you think of dwarves as evil Charlie Browns? No, that's how I think of melon heads as evil Charlie Browns because they have big heads like Charlie Brown does. Okay. They have, they have like Charlie Brown proportions in my mind. Okay. Do yeah. dwarves not have Charlie Brown proportions? Dwarves, there was actually Charles Schultz when he was in cartooning school developing peanuts. Uh, he was, uh, I think, a professor at a cartooning school, if I remember right. Anyway, one of his uh, the other professors was a dwarf and her proportions were allegedly part of the uh, inspiration for peanuts. So it's absolutely true. It's there's a there's a kernel of truth. Okay. In, All right. Well, melon heads win. We agree on that. Yes. That's the important part. Yes, it is. Up next, back to shapeshifters and witches, we've got the vinegar soaked pen and gallon versus the boo hag I don't remember much about the pen and gallon give me a quick refresher so the pen and gallon was a Malaysian vampire right. that used to be a witch and she meditated in a jar of vinegar for a month that's right and that caused her internal organs to shrink so sense. that her head could detach from her body oh. and fly away with the internal organs hanging off <laughs> And uh, then it would uh, drink your blood. So it would land. Does it land on you when you're? Yeah, sleeping? you like you would feel like it's colon and it's small intestine and then it's large intestine and then it's pancreas. I didn't picture it like that. That's disgusting. All slowly coming to rest on you Ugh. until it just nuzzled up onto your neck and drank your blood. And the boo hags also leave their skin behind when they travel and are also <laughs> vampiric. Correct. Uh, yes, and they also had their origins as witches. Rip. But oh, the boo hags, right. hags uh, would only ditch their skin. They would still have, like, muscles and bones. Whereas the pen and gallon is flying, but its body is a bunch of organs. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think they're, I think it cancels out because they, they have a very similar skill set, but one of them has all of their main organs that they need to survive dangling around so like all you would need to do is twitch in your sleep while it was sucking your blood and you might hit something important yeah 
yeah, I think I think the pen and gallon probably loses this one, just because as I recall, it has like so many weaknesses. Like it was if you had like pointed leaves nearby, <laughs> that would take down the pen and gallon. Whereas the boo hag seemed like, oh yeah, that's that's a badass witch. She's if it was pointed sticks, the melon heads would be out of the next round already. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. Thank God the pen and gallon did not have to go up against the melon heads. Out in the forest, it, it wouldn't be able to handle Do it. Do they drink moonshine, probably, the melon heads, or no? Um, no, I think they probably drink jankum. What's that? You never heard of jankum? No, jankum? Yeah. Uh, it was like a phony, uh, uh, like, urban legend uh, that you should get high if you just, like, put some piss and shit in a jar and left it there for months <laughs> and then like inhaled the fumes it would fuck you up but this is just a way to make people smell the nastiest shit they ever smelled in their lives it's just a prank before the internet like that would work though yeah yeah people were like did you hear about jankum <laughs> I, I would have said you had to drink it like why didn't they go all out Oh, maybe uh, because that could kill somebody. I don't know. Could it? I guess. I don't know. Maybe. You get them. I don't know. I guess. Who knows? Who's our next matchup? Let's move on. Good question. Our next matchup, we mentioned briefly in the episode. uh, uh, This is the Stull Cemetery versus the Cecil Hotel. Hmm. As you might recall, Stull Cemetery uh, in northern Kansas, a gateway to hell, Cecil Hotel, Los Angeles most haunted hotel in America and like technically all hotels with elevators in them a gateway to another dimension wow this is this is my probably my favorite round one battle Mm -hmm. just a great matchup both are gateways both are probably on unholy I'm I'm guessing the Cecil is not on holy ground at this point Uh, Um, yeah I mean if it was ever not unholy at some point it's definitely unholy now yeah i think they're both on unholy ground same you know they're they're standing in the same place uh the so devil the pope would not want to fly over either of them no the pope would avoid <laughs> avoids the cecil at all costs when uh in la <laughs> your Was holiness it? we've booked you the finest room <laughs> at the cecil what what <laughs> i will not stay at the cecil Unholy ground. <laughs> now, what's interesting about putting these two in the context of the Kumite <laughs> is that you have to imagine that we've like somehow transported them both to an arena <laughs> and placed them next to each other in front in front of an aging Japanese man. Yeah, and looking on from the audience is Slender Man, Mothman, the Goat Man, the Chupacabra, a diamond, the saddest naked opossum you've ever seen in your life. Uh, I had with a bunch of organs dangling from it. Are there corner men or no? Uh, yeah, let's say you and I are corner men. Okay. We're the staff corner men. Okay. I was just thinking like the Shug Monkey could have the black Shugs in its corner or just for a visual. I mean, yeah, they'll definitely have, like, small fans there, too. Or maybe, like, their trainer. Uh, it's I'm picturing basically very much like the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, not Bloodsport. La- like, uh, wait, let me guess. Uh, the one, The Quest. Yes, gotcha. The Quest. My favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Also the only one that he's, uh, or uh, the first one that he's directed. He directed The Quest? 
Yeah, that's why it's like over two hours long and features a long sequence at the beginning where he's a clown prince of thieves living in Paris. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was that that, that vain sort of self-serving half an hour intro. You're right. Yeah, it definitely, they could have cut it a little bit more. It would have done, But I like that he was like, oh, I'm going to do sort of a Jackie Chan, Buster Keaton bit. Like, oh, cool. I like seeing that in an American martial arts movie. That's like, he had good ideas. He just needed to cut it down. I liked how they had all, like they made it like a UFC at that point where everyone had a different style. Like there was one guy who had like the drunken monkey style and another one who was just like a kickboxer. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme does splits. Yeah. uh, Well, I remember the Kung Fu guy, he did like five animal styles. And every time they had a scene with him fighting, they would have the boxer out in the audience. be like, now he's fighting like a snake. (laughs) Look at him! He's moving like a monkey! Just in case the audience didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, but that was the best part, that it was just like, different martial arts, here's a bunch of fight scenes of different martial arts up against each other that have all been pretty well choreographed. It's like, yeah, this is what I want in a tournament movie. I'm glad you've seen that movie. Not a lot of people have. It's really it's really good. I like it very much. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, just, it's just like 15, 20 minutes too long, but it's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, all right. So anyway, so we've got a building and a cemetery next to each other in an arena. And they start, I guess, unleashing curses on each other. <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing. Stull Cemetery, and we said this in the Cecil episode, it's going to hell. And that means, as you might recall, a frequent visitor to Stull Cemetery is the devil himself because not a demon the devil the devil and the devil's wife or at least the mother of the devil's child and the devil's child are both buried there so i think he is going to be very protective and definitely going to be involved in this showdown oh i didn't think we were involving the devil i didn't think he was there i thought it was i didn't think uh, i don't know that makes it tough to me the devil is such an integral part of, of Stull. It's where the devil comes to mourn. Twice a year. Okay. He but, spends I a mean, lot more time other places. I mean, I like think... Like CPAC. <laughs> I think that uh, the, the thing... The devil is going to know about the Kumite. He's going to know that someone's there trying to fuck up his wife's grave. I, I'm not sold. I think all right. I, all I right. We'll stall. eliminate the devil. Maybe it's maybe it makes it roll like an egg. So I, I devil's out. Stall is badass. Like it has that burnt out church with like only the smoldering cross left, and the Cecil has an alabaster statuary, which is not as cool. Um, I just it's think, also got a bunch of transients. That's not what they're called now, ships. <laughs> that's how you described them. I don't know. What are you talking about? You said it had a bunch of transients. Oh, transients. Okay. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's tons of homeless people. But I'm going to say if Stull doesn't get the devil, then the Cecil doesn't get the transients. Okay. I think the Cecil is, number one, still standing. And number Fair. two, it's been more consistently evil. I think bad stuff happens there all the time, so it's constantly proving itself. While Stull, you know, while it has the power to do some crazy shit, does it? you know often i don't think so no it's true stall has been coasting on his reputation for a while might have got a little bit lazy in the off season didn't train up properly true cecil catches it by surprise you're right do you agree with oh. me or did i bully you into that <laughs> no 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 
Absolutely. Okay. That is a very compelling argument. Okay. All right, so we're on to the quarterfinals. Let's take a break. This episode of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour is brought to you by Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour. <laughs> Unfortunately. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, I've really got to ask you why, but <laughs> we're on board, uh, and we hope that you all enjoyed listening to Season 1, and we should have Season 2 ready for you soon uh, with lots of great new monsters, uh, exciting new segments like Can It Swim? <laughs> and does this monster have a concept of the self? <laughs> Are you just coming up with these? Are you just coming up with these? <laughs> what? Are you high? Are you high? And more. So tune in soon. What? Okay. <laughs> Let's get back to the Kumite. <laughs> Round two. We're on to the quarterfinals, and we've got Mothman versus Goatman. It's man versus man, baby. Um, Who's the best man? I think this is a matchup of physical strength. I, I, I think, mm -hmm. can the goat man wield that blade well enough to stop a dive bomb coming at 100 miles per hour is the question. Yeah, because if... Okay, let me say this. What if, if it ends up breaking even that uh, Mothman and Goatman, like... In the dive bomb, Mothman doesn't get an effective hit on the Goatman because he knocks the Goatman's axe away. So now we've sort of neutralized the flight and the axe. They're both on the ground. They're both on their ground game. Oh, wow. So I'm going to say, as you might recall, Goatman, six feet tall. Mothman, eight feet tall. I think that's a huge reach advantage in a ground game fight. Uh, okay, but there's a strength advantage for Goatman, I believe. Uh, oh, no, who I mean, did you tires? see that's that statue Mothman. of Mothman? Oh, that's right, with the muscles and its rippling abs. You're you're making an excellent argument. I really can't argue with it. Um, I mean, imagine for a comparable fight uh, reach advantage argument, imagine a seven-foot-tall man fighting against a five-foot-tall man. Yes, but how much, how, I mean, there's a question of training, there's a question of uh, instinct, uh, you know, what kind of heart, there's a lot of, there are a lot of intangibles. Um, we, we have seen Goatman do more acts of direct violence, whereas Mothman is more uh, cursing, but cursing would also be an advantage in the fight. But would it take a long time to happen? Like, would the goat man be able to slaughter him and then maybe weeks later, you know, slip on a banana peel and break his neck? Um, you know, I think we saw a lead time of, what, uh, about a day to a week for Mothman predicting disasters. But we're now in the quarterfinals. We're probably about a week in. So oh. Mothman's curse would have had time to start impacting the other participants. But he won't have it for the next round because he's used it now. Yeah, it's true. So does he win? 
I think I think I think I'm gonna put it on Mothman. I, I go I, I think you made a good point. You take away the flight with the first and the axe, you know, so they're on even ground. I think the Mothman is a huge monster. I think you're right. I think he takes All right. it. All right. Back down to children and beasts. Oh good. It's Melonheads versus Shug Monkey and the Black Shugs. All right. What do you think? I think that Shug Monkey is so huge. It's 10 feet long? Uh, It is, I think, yes, 10 feet long from uh, shoulder to tail. And like a dachshund? No, it's proportional like a husky. Oh, okay. Like a okay. Labrador. A Labrador with a gorilla's head. Now, keep in mind, this is the... Uh, so, if we're keeping heads proportional, this would be a... A gorilla head that's probably, I want to say, about the size of a beach ball, at least. Oh, that's right. It's on a 10-foot dog body, husky body. Yeah, like, I'm going to say it could probably fit an entire melon head's head in its mouth. How many melon heads are there? Uh, We were going with five. Five melon heads. Do they have their sticks? I mean, because pointy sticks are very effective against dogs, I've found. I think they would be effective against the black shugs i think they'd be able to hold off and take some of those down but once the shug monkey himself gets involved it's game over i forgot about the black shugs i think if those are waiting in the wings then i think the shug monkey takes this yeah i mean if the melon heads try to focus on the shug monkey the black shugs get them if they try and start whittling down those black shugs before they focus on the shug monkey the shug monkey gets them I say you the know. worst they do is a little bit of damage to the Shug Monkey before the next round. I I, I mean, yeah. a couple stab wounds, you know, but think about its hide. Yeah. It's got to be so thick. Like, what's that That Greek uh, th- Hercules had to slay something with a hide? Uh, the, the Nemean Lion? The Nemean Lion. Yeah, and I think it would also, like, so let's say it moves on to the next round, but it's only got one black Shug left. Are we doing that? Are we taking hit points off? Uh, I think that's fair. I think in in this context, because I don't think he's going to have like, oh, I got a B squad, you know? And I think to some extent... All right, so Mothman the- can't fly again, and there's no more Black Shugs. Yeah. All right. Shug, moving forward. Moving on in the tournament. So now we've got... Do you know who would, who would win this in real life? Uh, the Yukon women. Oh, God, yeah. Those lady huskies? I feel like any time there's anything in tournament format, they they probably are going to win. Didn't they have a winning streak that lasted like 11 years? Uh, something like that. Something unbelievable. And they have this new they have this new girl named Paige Beckers, who may mm-hmm. be the best freshman I've ever seen at UConn. She's amazing ball player. That's awesome. I'm glad they have. That's like the only sports thing we had in Connecticut. It is, the men were good for a while, but the women are a dynasty. Yeah, we had, uh, like, for a while, we had the Hartford Whalers <laughs> hockey team. Which is most and famous they, for Snoop Dogg wearing their jersey in gin and juice, I believe. Yeah, which, that's not the worst legacy. <laughs> but uh, the Yukon Lady Huskies, yeah, I think the only sports record that I want to put up against that is here's I learned a sports fact. Are you excited? I'm 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 eagerly anticipating. You see me? I'm like what? So uh, there was a cricketer oh. named Don Bradman, 
who in the course of his like 20 plus year career guess what his batting average was 400 for his career average 400 996 okay then that's a stupid sport the closest guy to him had something like 650. Really? Oh, I thought yeah. there would be a... So he was just like Babe Ruth. Like, Babe Ruth used to hit as many home runs as other teams in a season. Yeah, like, he, if they had to invent an entire new type of defense against him. So, like, the Will Chamberlain rule thing? Yeah. Yeah, if he, if he was up at bat, he was getting a hit. What's the guy's that name? The Don... Name? Don Bradman. How come I haven't heard of him? If he, isn't that sad that he's probably the greatest athlete of all time? <laughs> yeah, but no one ever, like, because, yeah, when I saw people talking about, oh, uh, Tom Brady has won more Super Bowl championships than, than franchises have won, that's got to be the best statistic in the sport. And I was like, actually, actually, I heard about this Don Bradman. How many who, wickets has he hit <laughs> with his paddle? Uh, yeah. yeah, let's see Tom Brady, let's say, never miss a pass for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't. I, I'm going to look this guy up because he sounds like a tall. T- he sounds like Casey at the bat. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like Paul like, Bunyan. Yeah, yeah, he definitely was uh, like uh, John Henry racing the steel driver. <laughs> Except, Except he didn't he, die at the end. He lived. No, well, he he probably died at some point. I think he's dead now. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. To the but, Wickman family. Uh, Bradman, Don Bradman. <laughs> to the Bradman family. Wickman, that Don wasn't Bradman even cl- we- wasn't even close. <laughs> Are you looking up Don Bradman, or should we move on? No, 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 no. I'm gonna look him up on my own time, and because like, I'm really interested. Like, it, just, it sounds fake, but I, I'm I know it's real. So up next, we've got Springheel Jack and versus the Boo Hag in the quarterfinal. I this one's a tough read for me. Um this is taking place in a ring this is in an arena in this, an arena we've been invited to a mysterious island in the south pacific well boo hags rely on the these evil wiles and the and surprise otherwise they're i mean they're skinless they're completely vulnerable so i don't think springheel jack's gonna be fooled or anything i think he's going to just take you know the insides of their body and pull them out yep He's just going to leap right on him. <laughs> that one's Jack. <laughs> Spring heel Jack advances to the semis. You convinced now, me. I, I thought the Skinwalkers would beat Spring Hill Jack, but the leaping is just such a commodity. It's true. <laughs> this is so stupid. I love it. This is the dumbest thing anyone on earth could be listening to. Stop right now. <laughs> Go call a, your family and tell them that you love them. Seriously, <laughs> like like life is very short. Like you should be talking to your yeah. grandma because she's not yeah. going to be around forever. If you're not driving or doing chores right now, if you're just sitting in your house and listening to this, please stop. <laughs> Cecil Hotel versus the Hope Diamond. Which curse is more cursed? Cecil Hotel. I'm going to throw this one out there. As we recall from uh, the Hope Diamond, the United States is now the owner of the Hope Diamond. Correct. And we are incredibly cursed. Very much so, yes. 
Is that curse stronger than the curse at the Cecil Hotel? I don't think it's a matter of which. I think it's a, a, a stronger and stickier curse. But I think that if you get near the Cecil, you're in danger immediately. I mean, people, how many, How are these people all, I'm being serious now. Like, how many people can kill themselves in the same place? I mean, there are other places in bad neighborhoods with transient populations, but they don't have an 80-year history of murder and suicide that's just out of this world. So, I mean, something happens when you get near it. You know, you can get near, what's the other one? The Hope Diamond? Yeah, you can get near it's the Hope true, Diamond. It's true, I've seen it. You have? Yeah, I went to the Smithsonian as a kid. Why so. would you go near it, though? Because uh, I didn't know it was cursed. They didn't uh, at the time. That's fucked up. What if you had taken it? Well, I mean, it was... You can't just take it. It's it's protected. It's I wouldn't protect it if it's cursed. I would just leave it and be like, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's what we should do. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're saying the Cecil takes this one I think so I think the Cecil's super evil alright I'll take that one the Cecil advances to the quarterfinals again the quarterfinals uh sorry the semifinals <laughs> excellent I don't do a lot of brackets nor do I so our remaining co- matchups are the Cecil Hotel versus the Shug Monkey <laughs> And weird <laughs> Mothman versus Springheeled Jack. I didn't think I didn't think we'd get here. No, no, uh, this these are not the matchups I was expecting. A lot of upsets today. <laughs> I want to see someone pick this bracket from start to finish. <laughs> Why don't we offer ten thousand dollars? Because I don't want to have to do that. But no it's one's going to get it. What are the chances? The uh. I'd have to figure it out. I want to say something like uh, 1 in 144. That's it? No, no. I'll do the math later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just leaned to get his paper. No one no one saw that. But he was, he couldn't decide whether to do it now or later. <laughs> okay. So this one has two outcomes and four outcomes. Two to the... No, forget it. So... Because right now, we've only got four possible winners. The Cecil Hotel, the Shug Monkey, the Mothman, and Springheeled Jack. Which uh, semifinal do you want first? Let's go with Cecil versus Shug Monkey. Okay. I think um, it's this is a ridiculous matchup. I think the Cecil... I think the Shug Monkey walks into the Cecil. Ghosts pull it onto the elevator it gets insulted by the elevator lady it goes up to the 10th floor into other world it commits suicide I, I it's murdered on the way down and gets caught in the electrical wires okay I got a completely different take on yeah that. I thought you might I want to hear it first of all okay I'm not worried about the shug monkey going to other world because it's not going to be able to know how to play the elevator game oh I thought you were going to say because it didn't exist and I was about to say what are you talking about <laughs> no obviously I wouldn't disrespect our listeners from other world that way yeah seriously thank you for tuning in Shang Tsung so did you hear uh, hear that reference that Mortal Kombat reference that was a good one other world isn't it uh, outworld yeah, well. outworld yeah wherever it was did you know they're making a new Mortal Kombat movie? Yeah, I do. I saw the um, I saw either a preview or the trailer. 
they'll never top the original Mortal Kombat movie. I don't know. The new one looks pretty sick. That the first one was so dope with the soundtrack. Oh my! That God. song got you hyped when you went to see. I saw it in the theaters, and I remember it came on. You know, and you were like, "Yeah." Yeah, and you're like, "It's Mortal Kombat." We're Scorpion. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was exciting for our generation. No, no, it was dope. It, that, that I think it was directed by Paul W. S. Anderson. Didn't the Black Eyed did. Kids try to go see it? Yes. Boy, it's all coming together. It does come together, doesn't it? Look at that how it ties in. Sad for them for being eliminated in the first round. <laughs> so the Shug Monkey. All right. Ten foot tall gorilla. No, ten foot long. Dog. Ten foot long. So probably. Six feet tall gorilla dog. I mean, to me, this sounds like a bull in a china shop situation. It's going to bust through those front doors. And don't forget that it's not just a cryptid. It's not just a, you know, giant dog with a gorilla head. It's a demon. Oh, that's right. It is demonic. Oh, okay. All right. So I think it's going to be, that means I think it's like attacks will be effective against ghosts, you know? Well, I think like there's, there's de- stab- and, and effective against other demons, which I think there yeah. are in the Cecil. Yeah, I think it will be able to, to uh, yeah, affect whatever the Cecil throws at it pretty because once again, this thing is just huge. Okay, you're forgetting uh, one thing, though. The Cecil has... Um, Doors. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the physical power of the Shug is going to allow it to burst through the front door. Really? Right? It. I mean, it is just... You're right, like, gorilla strength, I, 10 feet long. Yeah. Okay, so we can get through the front doors. Yeah, to me, the Black Shug is just such a physical powerhouse. But it, but it's stupid. It's going to get lost in the hotel. What's? It, how does it end the hotel? It can't knock it down. It's not Godzilla. I think... It could do enough damage to it. Like, and it knows what's up, right? Like, it's stupid, but it knows what demons are. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, it has, like, demon sight. Whatever you want to say. It, it operates on a demon plane of existence. All right, so they're coming from equal planes, then. Yeah. And in which case, you're basically asking me, could a 10-foot-long dog with a giant gorilla head destroy a building if it wanted to it might take a while but i'm seeing where you're coming from yeah and like especially with the sort of animal intelligence that it would have but almost like i want i want to give it like like a cleverness to it all right like sort of like like the way that the alien and alien like it doesn't have a culture it doesn't have a society it doesn't talk but it's smart yeah it was super smart Uh, You know, I think it's going to be that sort of situation. And I think it's going to, you know, and just anything that the Cecil is going to throw at it isn't going to be effective. Okay, well, if you're telling me they're both demonic planes and that cancels out, and of course, you know, it's a goat. I mean, it's (laughs) it's not a goat. It's a monkey dog. So it's not going to commit suicide when the ghosts whisper in its ear. And yeah, it's a powerhouse. And that is just a building I, I guess I see where you're coming from. I, I guess it's just if you think it, it gets overwhelmed by the evil of the Cecil or it gets in there to do its damage. I'll let you make the call. Yeah, and I, I I don't think the Shug gets overwhelmed by evil. I think it lives off evil. The, the Shug so. monkey takes it. Amazing. Yeah. 
finally, we've eliminated all the damn properties. <laughs> you have to think too hard about those ones. Mothman versus Spring Heel Jack. This is, to, this is a good matchup. This is a good matchup. They both can take to the air. I thought we took away Mothman. Well, that's not fair. Yeah, let's say Moth... Because I, I think it was more... It wasn't that the Goatman injured his wings. It was just that, like... The he Mothman just hit them with an able axe? to take flight... No, he didn't hit them with... It was more like... While the, the Mothman was in sort of a dive bomb situation and sort of had to crash into the Goatman... And knock the axe away, to get, yeah, yeah. To knock the axe away. So he but could take then, to the air again. He just didn't at that point. Yeah, it would, he wouldn't... Because I think it takes a little bit of effort for him to get up. As opposed <laughs> to spring Jack... Who can leap with the greatest of ease. Does his leaping cancel out the flying of Mothman? I mean, here's the thing. If they were racing, I would say Mothman. Right, totally. Flight, I would take over leaping. Yeah. But leaping in a fight? Like, I don't know. Well, I guess the way that moths fly, they sort of zip around. Right. You know, they don't sort of glide through the air. Right. So if I'm going to imagine Mothman to be able to move like that. But you can't. You can't give him the speed of a tiny moth and then make him eight feet tall and say he moves like that. That's that's crazy. Okay. So then if he's more of like a glider, I'm going to say spring Jack's leaping is going to be more effective in a combat situation because you can change directionality. I, more easily. I just saw... Um, it's more responsive. I just saw a UFC fight with Corey Sandhagen, guy's name was, and he and he threw mm-hmm. a jumping knee, and it was just... He just put the guy out. I think it was Frankie Edgar. Just out cold. Like, like you felt bad. He was sleeping before he hit the ground. And mm-hmm. that's the kind of attack when you leap like spring Jack. Imagine a flying knee from spring Jack. It's going to be oh. devastating. Oh, it'll break your spine. And there's so many jumping attacks, you know, in, in, I don't know if he's a martial artist, but I, I mean, he's, I imagine him to fight in the style of Prince Nazim Hamed. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, a skinny, taunting, loudmouth boxer. Yeah. Who just keeps his arms by his side <laughs> and then just whips one at you. <laughs> and you're like, what? And then he fights against someone who actually knows how to fight, and he loses. But I don't think Mothman is that guy. No, I, I think it's the way we're talking, it looks like spring Jack somehow takes down Mothman. Yeah. Boy, this has just been a real underdog story today. It really has been. With the squ- Oh, the squonk didn't make it out of the first round, huh? No, that, that was not the underdog story <laughs> of the day. <laughs> but there were other underdog stories. So... That brings us to our finals. But let's take a moment and look back on the ones we lost along the way. No, I don't know. What I, <laughs> I thought, I, here's what I was thinking. I thought you would read their names in that voice and then do cannon shots. Like, um, t- with Mockingjay, what is that movie? Oh, uh, uh, Hunger Game. Right. Yeah, okay. Fenric Reardon. Boom. You know, that kind of thing. Mothman. You want to do that? Sure. <laughs> we should say, after each battle, we should have say their names and then have a cannon shot. Slenderman. <laughs> Albino Alligator. 
Okay, good. We'll do that. Skinwalkers. <laughs> we don't have to do it now. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, we've got the Shug Monkey versus Spring Heel Jack. How in the world did the Shug Monkey make the finals? Oh, I, I mean, guess because he's a huge gorilla dog and he's a powerhouse. <laughs> yeah, because he's just a giant beast. You know what I mean? And it's not necessarily that he's the most dangerous thing in the world, but he would be the one, certainly a contender for one of the ones that I would want to be in a fight with the least. Yeah, yeah. Physically, I have a greater fear of him than... I, the goat man I fear physically because, you know. Mm -hmm. But, um... Yeah, I mean, like, black-eyed kids, I would be like, get away from my house, black-eyed kids. And melon heads, I'm pretty, you know, whatever. But that shug monkey, when you said 10 feet long and it wasn't like a beagle, you know, it ha it was a big dog, you know, with a with a beach ball gorilla head, that, that gave me a picture of its strength. That was helpful. Yeah, and I think, not to be outdone, don't count out spring Heel Jack. Because I think first... You know, a lot of picture, people are picturing him in the gentleman, and so they're underestimating him. He could very easily be a bear with metal claws and bright glowing red eyes. Which uh, which form do you think he would assume to take on the Shug Monkey? Here's what I'm thinking I would do if I was Spring Hill Jack. What would you do? I would be changing form throughout the fight. Oh, like like that As, guy in Mortal Kombat who does that. Yes. I would that way. I would be just so unpredictable. If that ended up being Shang Tsung, it'd be weird that I referenced it and didn't remember the name from saying it earlier. It might be, it might be because it's not Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn. Wait. Oh God damn it! I don't know the lore that well. I I was afraid of black eyed kids. So <laughs> one of the. Uh things that I like about the Mortal Kombat universe is that every single character is some combination of ninja, wizard, cyborg, guy from another dimension. They're all like one to four of those things. <laughs> it's kind of boring when you think about it. I mean, it's a satisfying universe in its own way. Is it? Uh, so, Spring Hill Jack He's going to be very unpredictable in this fight. He's going to be switching back and forth. Yeah, he's going to be switching. He's going to be leaping. You know, he'll leap up into the air in the form of a gentleman to get that height, and then he'll become a bear on his way down. Oh. You know, uh, the shark monkey will will swipe at the bear, and he'll switch into a demon. Boom, he's got the helmet. Gets hit in the helmet, uh, and, and this demon had to save. Yeah. So there's... A lot going on. He can also protect himself from the Shug Monkey's demon attacks because he can. He's also a demon. You know, he can be a yeah. demon I mean, with a helmet, even. Yeah. So they both are once again operating on that same sort of demonic plane. There's no demon advantage. Right. No demon. Yeah. That's 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 big. I think. And don't forget, he's got the mind of a gentleman. So I've ne you've never said that before. <laughs> is that is that canon also? <laughs> he's got the mind of a gentleman. Well, I mean, when he's in the form of a gentleman, he can think as though a gentleman would. But he talks like Fagin. Uh yes, but I mean, just he's, you know, he does have to pick a pocket or two. <laughs> but he also, you know, he's he can he can think. 
You know? You're right. No, that's. I think that's the big difference here, is that he can be much more strategic with his gifts than the Shug Monkey can. I think just because of his humanoid intelligence. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't want to outdo the, you know, or underestimate the brute strength of a giant dog with a gorilla head. But the strength of a bear is nothing to be sneezed at. Demonic bear. Uh, A demonic bear with metal claws. So, you know, I'm going to have to put this one on spring Jack. I think he might take it. He's got everything. I mean, he's got str- he's got crazy strength. The Shug Monkey has crazy strength. Shug Monkey has what? Dog paws? And he has metal claws. Yeah. The leaping and the changing into the three different characters, I underestimated. I think that the, the Mortal Kombat changing into the demon and the gentleman, as long as he didn't change into the gentleman too often, because what does he do? That's when you're you're doing the rope dope. You try and make the shug monkey overconfident. I'm like, oh, oh. what do you what I is it? What does the gentleman you, you say? We <laughs> meet again, shug monkey. <laughs> to think, two Britons here in Southeast Asia on this mysterious island for a kumite. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems I'll be taking home the crown. <laughs> that I that. <laughs> an excellent spring heel jack are we are we serious are we are we certain that spring heel jack is the champion of season one the kumite does not lie spring heel jack takes it congratulations to spring heel jack that's spring amazing heel all right jack Woo. Woo. well we hope you guys had fun tuning in for this kumite i had fun recording yeah I had a lot uh, of fun. I, I, if you made it all the way through, uh, send us a comment on social media and let us know because that would be amazing. Not the yeah, comment, just that if you made it through. And if you uh, had a bracket and you somehow predicted this, <laughs> congratulations! You're uh, might be uh, one of the listeners that will be winning a free T-shirt. No, ten thousand dollars. No, let's say an Uncle Monster T-shirt. Okay. Okay. Fine. Uh, yeah, let's say we'll give away uh, three to the first three people who handed in uh, winning brackets. Or the three closest, because no one's going to get it. Uh, yeah, okay. If no one gets it, then just the closest. <laughs> but I want to say, if we have three people who got this exactly and predicted spring Jack would take down the Shug Monkey in the final. What if he was arrogant, the guy who got it, and he was like, of course spring Jack won. Like, he thought it made perfect uh, sense, the whole thing? Yeah. I Obviously, I agreed with every point that they made, uh, except <laughs> that it was surprising. <laughs> I agreed with every point they made. <laughs> I want to thank you guys for tuning in to this special edition of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, the Kumite special bonus episode. I'm Ethan Sereski. And I'm Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibble. And until next season, don't don't get get spooked. spooked.